Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 48, How to Build Deep Business Relationships, featuring David J. Solar. Does your leadership inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, leaders. Let me ask you, what would be more valuable to you as a business leader in terms of the customers of your organization? One, to have lots of customers that turn over frequently, or two, to have a few customers, maybe less customers, but they stay with you for years or even decades. I think most of us would agree number two would be better. Uh, For one thing, an existing customer is usually a lot more profitable, and I would say a lot more fun. Not long ago, I was interviewed on an excellent podcast called the Relationship Marketing and Sales Podcast. This is a highly rated podcast in iTunes hosted by David J. Soler. I discovered that podcast because David is such an authentic host, a very generous host. And then David and I got to know each other through a group called the Podcast Mastermind, which is a professional development group that is put on by our own podcasting advisor, Cliff Ravenscraft, also known as the Podcast Answer Man. And David interviewed me on his show as an example of someone who has built long-term relationships. Many of our clients at Aspenale Communications have been with us for 10, 15, even 20 years, and that's a little bit unusual. And I hadn't really stopped to think about that. It's just sort of the way we do business. Uh, but in the process of David interviewing me on his show and the lens that he applies as someone who is an expert in relationship marketing and sales, I realized that there were several principles involved and we and our team basically had been following them I guess maybe without even realizing it and so I think I'd like to to share this interview which was actually recorded for David's podcast which I'd encourage you to go check out yourself um, the relationship marketing and sales podcast uh, in iTunes or on his website davidjsolar.com and we'll provide the link in our show notes but I'm going to share this interview with you because you'll see as David is sort of leading me through the process and the lens that he uses, how many of what we do at Aspendale are basically examples of that. And I think you'll find it helpful in terms of creating relationships that last and last and last, both among your customers or clients, as well as among your suppliers and your team and colleagues. All right, my friends, welcome to the show. This is David J. Solar, your host, and I have another friend of mine that I wanted to introduce you to. Uh, he is in a mastermind of mine, and it's just another great opportunity to share some great people with you so you can learn and, and have access to other people that are in the same mindset. And so I have Jesse Leahy with me, and he is, has a podcast, amongst other things. He has a, a business and a consulting firm. But without any further ado, I wanted to welcome uh, Jesse. Welcome to the show, Jesse. David, great to be talking to you today. All right. We're, we're obviously very excited to have, to have you here. As you can see, we're all fired up. Yeah. 
So thanks for joining us. And why I wanted you on the show is because I know you you have your podcast. You're doing a lot of great things. And just to share with the audience a little bit about you that I understand is that um, you have an engaging leading podcast, which is awesome. You also have a consulting firm that uh, you do some work. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your projects going on about your podcast and, and your business that you'd like to share with us and uh, you know a little bit about your background? Sure. I've been a communication consultant for almost 20 years now, and I'm a, a, a managing principal of Aspendale Communications, which is a, a team of consultants who partner with midsize and large employers on internal communication strategies. And that's around helping them attract and retain top talent, engage employees, and deliver business results on specific issues. So for example, we may have a a client that contacts us that says, hey, we're having a hard time hiring, uh, attracting this type of employee, maybe nurses. We have a shortage of nurses. Or they may contact us and say, hey, our, uh, we're having a hard time with our health care costs because our employees aren't making a big enough priority with their health. Or maybe they're implementing uh, some sort of business transformation and they, they want us to help engage their employees to get, uh, get them to see the, bi- the reasons for that change and what, how they can help make the, that change for the good of the, the company and their own uh, jobs. Awesome. Well, the other thing that I wanted to share too, so that's great. Thank you for that background. And one of the things that I'm really excited to be talking about is our, what we have in common, which is a truly a passion for building relationships with friends and family, but also with our clients. And so that's one of the things that we both, uh, we both uh, enjoy. And we were actually talking earlier about how one of the things you just did recently, you have a, you have several children, but even a couple that are teenagers and you talked and I, I went to your website and you can maybe tell us about your link there, but you guys created a video, right? Can you tell us a little about the video and how much fun that was? And then it was just awesome how you created the video. You got your teenagers involved. You did, what was the song called that you guys did again? Yeah, the, the Harlem Shake. The Harlem Shake, that's right. <laughs> we, we did this uh, at the request of our, our pastor at church. Uh, we had done a silly music skit back at uh, for the Christmas Eve service at church, and he, the pastor had a for when Easter came up, he had a re- a fairly serious service planned for Easter, and he just wanted something a little bit silly to to lighten things up a bit so that it wasn't we weren't ta- everybody wasn't taking themselves too seriously. And so we came up with this idea, uh, which is not very original, to do a Harlem Shake video. Many, many others have done that before us. But just to put our own spin on it as a family was great fun and brought us closer together, which was a, which was a nice side benefit. And it, it also was uh, well-received at the church because you, you had a bunch of people that had seen us volunteering in different capacities, but now to see us just doing something silly together, they saw a different side of us and they saw that, hey, this is a family that can have fun together. And it's just a, a good example of a family or, or a team that plays together, or stays together. So that's, that's available if folks want to go see it at engagingleader.com forward slash video. Video. Yeah, I definitely highly recommend check it out. And, and again, it, it, to me, it just demonstrates. And what I loved about it is that it demonstrated you as an engaging leader for your family, which is the most important 
to be a leader in before you can be your community or your job or anywhere else. It's it's to really be an engaging leader in your family. And when you have teenagers and I, you, you, I know you have teenagers, you, just have, you also have younger children. What, what are the ages of your children so the audience knows? My oldest is 17. Uh, my, that's my son, JJ. And then my daughter, Cecily, is 14, just about to turn 15. And then my n- next son, Danny, is uh, 12, going on 13. And then Betsy is my youngest, and she is 10. My wife and I have been married almost, uh, well, let's see, we got married in 94. So, uh, yeah, almost almost 19 years. Wow, great. Congratulations. Thank you. And again, it just shows that from your age group of your children to really be engaged with them and to get something and get them all on, on board and to get them involved. I, I just think that that video demonstrates that it didn't have to be original, but the fact that you engaged in it, it was funny. It was great. It brought your family together. I just think it's an awesome demonstration of a being an engagement leader and then be going deeper with your children and having a better relationship. And it's a memory you guys can al- always remember and have it on video and look back on and, Instead of having some some family videos, you actually made a family video, which is awesome. So, so I think that's just a great example. Thanks for sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks, David. You're welcome. Now, going back, so now that you're, we, we can share how you're just doing awesome as a, an engaging leader with your family. Um, well, let's come back to the passion of going deeper with with business. So, a lot of folks on here have their own businesses. They're they're into sales. They're into they're into their own. They have their own businesses. And so, what's very important is about how to go deep with clients and why is it important? Why do you feel it's important to go deep with your clients, Jesse? There was a great article written uh, several years ago, back in, in 2008, that introduced a, a business strategy called True Fans. And in, in that article, he talked about the plight of the rock and roll musician and how people who go into rock and roll, they tend to have visions of being the next Britney Spears or you know the next Michael Jackson and so they every everything they do is intended to to create a big deal with a to to make a make a big play with a major record company and just be selling millions and the reality is for 99% of all musicians is they're playing to a, a very small group and unfortunately, they end up being the sort of starving artist. And so they they work a regular job, and then they have to squeeze in on evenings and weekends to do, quote, what they love to do. And the article was saying, it doesn't have to be that way. If you would build great relationships, deep relationships with the people that are your fans, and and grow that slowly, but focus on a few small relationships, you can make a pretty good living even if as a rock and roll musician you only had a thousand fans. And if you take that strategy, that uh, way of looking at things, and you apply it to other types of business, I'll be speaking this Friday to, uh, to investment professionals, investment advisors, and Many uh, peop- many advisors in that relation in that business will hit up potential customers every chance they get. In fact, other people don't like to be around them because they're forever trying to sell you investments. And if instead they were to focus on the people that they're already serving, just do a great job being generous, serving them well, though, and until they create true raving fans. Uh, among their own, the people they already know, 
they, they really won't yeah. have a problem finding the additional relationships. And people will, right. want to, will be happy to talk about them, will be happy to refer to them. And in my business in, the, in Aspendale Communications, it's, we, don't, I don't even, we don't even need as many clients as an investment advisor. They, they do really well if they have anywhere between 50 and 150 clients. In our business, I mean, we ha- our firm has about 10 people in it. We typically have between 3 and 10 clients with active projects at, at any given time. And we do great, and that allows us we can we can add clients and we can grow at a sustainable level, but we always want to be make sure that we are taking great care of them. And a lot of those clients have been with us for fifteen and twenty years. And in most businesses, the easiest way the the, the easiest um, money, the most money that is made, is, is from your existing clients. It's not from the new ones. And if you take really That's good right. care of them and be generous with them, they'll actually help you find the the new ones because you do need to bring in new business, and That's you'll right. you'll stagnate if you don't. And and unforeseen things happen. You'll lose clients for no nobody's fault. It just happens for various reasons. People move on, so you do need to be growing. But if you if your focus can be on having high quality relationships as opposed to quantity of relationships, it's a much healthier focus. Yeah, I 100% agree with you, and, and thanks for sharing. You, you obviously gave a demonstration of your business. Now, have you seen by going deeper with your clients, as you talked about needing new business, have you found that you started getting referrals and that your current clients would want to refer you other people because you're taking such good care of them? Absolutely, and they're also willing to do favors for you. For example, if you, you'll find, or at least I've found, that most people don't take the time to write a review for you let's say in on LinkedIn or on Amazon if you're a book author it's it's mm-hmm. you know one person out of a hundred is is going to spontaneously do that but most people that are your fans are happy to do it when you ask and you are asking them to take some of their valuable time to uh, break away from whatever they they would have been doing and to take that step or to make a phone call for you or to or to shoot an email over to a colleague so but they're they're happy to do that for you because they're already your fans. Who wouldn't who wouldn't like to um, to help out somebody that you're a fan of? Yeah, or a friend of. So so yeah, it def- definitely shows when you you serve others and you care for them and you're there to help them out. It almost like they're looking to return a favor. It's kind of like the law of reciprocity. When I continually give and give and help and and really help others and help someone specifically, generally they're going to want to return that favor. And then over a sudden when you share, hey, can you help me with a review here or there? They're going to be like, sure, definitely. You're always helping me. I definitely want to help you. And you build that kind of relationship. So they, we call it a raving fan, but they almost become um, friends. I mean, they basically, the more deeper you go with them, uh, the more they become friends. So it's almost like creating friends. Would you, would you agree with that? Like, do you feel like your, your customers, you start developing such deep relationships that you become friends with them? Definitely. And I, if I have a, a relationship that goes on for over a year, and in the case of several of our clients, they've gone for 15 or 20 years, and there, there isn't a true friendship there, then, then something is wrong. And it's obviously moved, as you said, it, you've moved way past any notion of reciprocity. It, it's a true friendship. I mean, these are people that when either of you are going through bad times, you're willing to be transparent about that. Ah, oh, you know, I've got problems in my marriage, or got problems with my kids and 
when you've built a deep enough relationship that people are willing to get beyond the superficial niceties of life and share some of those, then you know you've got a real friendship. That's right. That's right. And, and, and that's where real good things can start happening and flourishing and stuff. So that's great. Now, how else has that helped you in your business? Is there so so you've gone deep with with some clients. Now you've gotten repeat business. I guess they're pretty much consistent because you're you've become friends with them and you've served them and helped them. I guess some of the secret sauce that we're looking for here is it's just not that you're you're friendly with them, but you're actually serving them. Would you say that you're going above and beyond what the normal or normalities are in that profession, or you know what their needs are or something? Is that would, would you? Elaborate or share is anything like that that you do or your business does. There's one of the one of the keys that I that I would say that's been important for us in, in terms of giving value, like you're talking about, is giving value even when there's no opportunity to get anything in return. In fact, when you're actually giving advice to clients that that is going to put money in somebody else's pocket instead of yours, and we've always try to we're never trying to sell our clients we're never trying to push certain services or solutions we're really trying to just be helpful and provide our expertise where it makes sense be transparent when we don't know the answer and basically be trying to solve their problems not trying to fit our what we can do into those problems now obviously if we're and so a lot of times you're giving away free advice, you're even saying, "Well, this group over here can probably help you with that even better than we could." And along the way, they build trust because they realize you're really looking out for their best interest as opposed to your best interest. And so they're they're more likely to go ahead and and hire you for things that that they need. That because even if you're not necessarily the best person in the world for this particular service. They trust you the most, and you're probably going to provide more value than anybody else. Yeah, so you've built that that level of trust that they know that you're not going to you're not going to take advantage of them. So if you don't know something, you're at least going to say, "Hey, I don't know," or "Let me find out for you." Versus, I'm just going to try and rake you over the coals, for lack of a better expression, or just trying to get the money out of them and see you later. But you're you're there for the long term and building that long long term relationship, which which now allows that relationship to go deeper. Now. What about um, likability? How important is likability in going, you know, developing deep relationships with, with your clients and stuff? How, how important is likability? I think it's really important, but likability shouldn't be uh, at the expense of authenticity. So I don't ever try to be a fake nice person or be funnier or more fun than I really am. I want to just be myself. Now, I that I do want to make sure that I have the right attitude, that I'm aware of my energy, that I'm use I'm putting my best foot forward, and that's with a brand new relationship, you know, first impressions are everything, as well as with my long long time uh business relationships that as you've pointed out are actual friendships. Just because someone is a friend doesn't mean I want to just be a grump around them. And, and I, I need to kind of keep in check my own natural self-centeredness or my own moodiness. And, and remember that we always like to be around someone who is, has a, has a, a positive attitude and, and is more other centered as opposed to self-centered. And so I think when you keep some of those basic principles of human nature, that just being a, you know, being 
putting other people first, following the golden rule, things like that, and um, and managing your energy and your and your mood, that you'll you'll come across as a likable person. But also just be, I think, being fairly authentic and transparent. Uh, that's gonna. That is at least as important as likability. In fact, you you will be liked as a result of who you really are. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Definitely, transparency uh, connects with people, and I, I think that's where you're you're sharing. And I 100% agree with that. That being transparent, just understanding, hey, this is what it is. But, and I think that that attracts people to us when we are transparent and we are real and we're not fake. And I think people like that. So when we talk about likability, I think that's where transparency is a key role and authenticity is a key behavior. That when we are authentic and transparent, it, it lets people relate to us uh, more directly. Just like you shared the video with you and your family on your on your blog, on your website, um, it allowed me and, and all the other people here to get to know you and your family, which is showing your transparency that most people are like, I'm not going to show a family video on my business site. That's not professional. That's not this. That's not <laughs> Right. But here you are showing it as, well, no, here I am. I'm a family guy. My family's very important. I'm I'm being a leader in my family and doing things and here's some fun. And and I think that makes people like you. I think that, you know, that authenticity and showing who you are and being transparent, I think that that makes your your business customers like you more. I think that makes them connect with you more, which makes them like you more. I think a lot of folks end up and maybe you can agree or disagree with me, but I think a lot of folks, especially uh, high-end professionals, a lot of accountants I work with or accountants I know or lawyers, attorneys, um, doctors, there's so much on the credibility professional side that it's hard to connect with them because they're never showing their personal side. They feel like they always got to be so, so professional that it's like, well, can you just kind of come down and let us get to know you? Uh, as a person, you know, are you a family person? Do you have children? Do you have this, and people want to know about that stuff too. They want to know your your credibility as an expert or or your expertise in that field. But they also want to know who you are as a person. You know, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What are your hobbies? What do you do for fun? And a little bit more about you as a person. And that that again, I think, is part of the formula that allows people to get to know you and like you is by showing that authenticity, showing that transparency. Would you agree with that? Do you think that's absolutely? I think there's a there's a time and place for everything and you need to be aware of what's the, what are the appropriate uh, moments to get into some of your, your personal side uh, and share some of those things. And just for example, I think you I think what you want to do is is share the, that those sides of you in the appropriate forums so that when people do want to know that level about you they can find it. And a, a blog is, is typically a good spot to do that. Um, you, you take a form like LinkedIn where it seems like it's all just business. It's very rare. I don't almost never see anybody sharing that level of yeah. that side. But but if you provide all of your other links to your other information sources, when someone wants to, to know a little more about you and check you out, you make it available. I, I remember learning very early in, when I was just a whippersnapper. Uh, there was, I was, a, I was a junior consultant in a firm, and one of the original founders, uh, I had a, a, the pleasure of working with him just a few years before he retired, and he had taken me under his wing and was teaching me some of his secrets. And I, I was asking him, you know, so do you uh, take gifts to clients, and you know, do you do some of those kind of tactics? And he said, you know, I actually almost never, I, I really don't, I don't take gifts to clients. I don't really spend a lot of money 
to court clients that way. What I do is I want to go in and be generous and serve them. And then I also want to share some of the little, uh, allow a little bit of my eccentricities to come through in some of those early interactions. Yes, you're creating a first impression, but if you let some of those little cracks come through that show, hey, you're not perfect and you've got this little weirdness to you, that, 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 that helps people more quickly develop that relationship with you. And, and I think it takes a little bit of intelligence as far as what's the right amount and when do you do that. But it's just, it's absolutely what you're saying, David, that you got to let your human side show because that's, they want to know your expertise, but they want to connect with a human being. That, that's right. And I think with today's technology, with the social media, you're right that LinkedIn is more set up for more professional type content and relationships. And and Facebook, I think, is more used for the social aspect, showing family and pictures and doing those kinds of things. And usually people know that. I know that if I'm going to link with someone and it's going to be more of the professional side, you go to LinkedIn. If, if I'm going to link with somebody and want to hook up and just get to know them on a friendship level and as well as business, you know, that's where Facebook kind of comes in. And, and there's the different tools for different, you know, social media outlets. But those are two that, that we talked about here. And I think that's where knowing it. And like anything else, like you said, there's a certain formula or recipe and that, yeah, if you're making a cake and you put too much eggs in it, even though you need an egg in the recipe, if you put too much, it, it ruins the batter kind of thing. So it's knowing when and where and how to do it, not just that to do it. But some folks, like I said, don't do it at all. And I think that hurts their business. And as as it sounds, you, you, you agree with me also. That's right. Let's... Let's talk about uh, building community. I know we're getting to the end here, and I, and I wanted to make sure we brought this in here. Um, how important is it to building community, and what do you, what is your definition of building community, and how have you built community in your business, and uh, and, and how do you you know what is community to you in your in your business and life? Well, one way to look at that that's been important for me is a community is where people are coming together, and I don't have to orchestrate every single conversation. So for just for example, let's say I throw a party and I invite 30 people to the party that don't know each other. I'm going to be the most exhausted host at that that you've ever seen at a party because I have to I'm responsible for keeping 30 people entertained. But if I invite 30 people let's say all from my church or 30 people that that otherwise have overlapping circles and they they all know each other or they know most of other people i'm going to have a great evening because i i may only talk to one or two other people the whole time they're they're happy to get together because of the group and i apply yeah. that in in two ways from a business setting one is with my team that I try to be a uh, an interactive leader, uh, a people-powered leader that where I don't view myself as the magic on the team. That I've I'm building relationships with the people on my team. I'm trying to help them build relationships with each other, and the magic comes from the the team inter- interaction. And so my team do- doesn't feel like they need me in every single engagement to serve the client really well. They can satisfy the client. They can deliver solutions to the client. They can answer the client's questions. And they can extend the culture of our team to our clients. I guess my my dad, it's a little more easy to understand in a business like my dad's where he has a restaurant. And 
he's not always at the restaurant. The owner can't always be there. But the staff, That's if right. they've done a good job on their team, their staff can has this community among them, and that allows the culture to come to extend to the rest of the team. So there's the 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 community on the team itself. And then there's the, of course, the community among your customers, or your clients, or your followers. That yes, you want them to to be a customer of yours, so that they they see you for the value that you provide. But if you're able to create a community where it doesn't all come down to you as being the the the, the source of all value, then the you, center, yeah, the center, they're gonna be better served because they can be serving each other and they're going to actually be more loyal that because th- th- there's more a, a bigger reason for them to belong to the wh- whatever you've created the, your, your company or your brand they yeah. they will develop relationships among each other they'll get value from each other and they'll be will be a part of their identity i mean even when you introduced me david we know each other because of a mastermind group that we are in, and we had a, a mutual uh, colleague who started up that mastermind group, Cliff Ravenscraft. And here we're talking, yep. and he's not even in here, but and it's 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 part of our identity. You introduced me as a fellow mastermind member, and so that's a that's yep. just, he he's extended himself. He's creating value, even though he's not even here in this conversation. Yeah, I think I think uh, to to just uh, add on to what you're saying is is. Is that what I've found, and, and I think this is basically what I understand you're saying, is that um, what's great about it is that there's a certain core principle, like in this case where Cliff had set up a core principles or you set up a core baseline or principles within a company or an organization or your community, and people are attracted to that. At least that's what I saw with my business, and and what I'm doing is that, hey, when, I, when we focus on a certain core principles, people like that, and so you don't necessarily have to be the center of attention. You can let the principles be the center and people will gravitate and then get to know each other because like in this case um you know i know cliff i like cliff i like what he's about and apparently you like cliff you like what he's about which now means that me and you would like each other because we both kind of have those common uh so cliff and i have the common um principles in place or core values which means that you and you and uh cliff had the same kind of core principles in place so even though we initially didn't know each other was like well let me get to know you because generally if you like cliff and i like cliff chances are we're going to like each other. And so now we're starting here. We are developing our friendship through a community or through someone else. And that's what we can create in our business that when we have certain clients, um, and this is what I talk about with a power team, when we have certain clients and they get to know, like, and trust us based on our certain core values and who we are and how we do business. And there's other uh, professionals that do the same. They're going to technically like us, but they're also going to like those other professionals. Those other professionals that like us are going to like our customers. And so it becomes a big, big community. And it also allows our customers to really like, because I know for myself, if I went, let's say, and wanted to buy a car and I go and buy a car and the car salesman has a nice community and he does a good job and he's serving and doing an awesome job for building a relationship and caring about my long-term needs and giving me good value. And I could trust that the car is going to be good and all those, all those kind of things. And now all of a sudden he turns around and he says, well, I got a mechanic that I I work with and I, I refer to all my clients if anything needs to repair or I have a, a car detailer. Well, chances are if I like this gentleman doing the car sales to me and I have a good relationship with him, 
and he's telling me that this car detail is just like him and I want to get my car detailed, chances are I'm going to want to go to him. So now it's an ability of getting us all together just to meet each other. And by setting up these community events or, or meetups or client appreciation parties, we can now be a tremendous value to our clients and to our referral partners and such because – we're going to be introducing people that can benefit them to the customers, benefit the the other uh, referral partners and getting them more business and just being the connector of everybody and networker, if you would say. And and so I found tremendous um, power in doing that and serving and just a lot of being able to enrich your business and go deeper with, with your uh, relationships. And it sounds like you have done the same um, is what I'm understanding in the power of a community. And what you're saying is you actually took it even into your within your team, which is an awesome insight as well as to do within your organization of your own team. So a lot of folks, I think, sometimes make the state mistake of always focusing on the customer, the customer, the customer. And I think as leaders, right, we would need to focus on the people we're, we're leading, which is our employees, our assistants, our staff, our team members, and, you know, engage them and be a community with them. And then that community would now share with everyone else and be an extension of us and being a positive extension versus the other business owners that don't do that. And then when they're not there, you know, everything kind of goes to heck, right? And the and the, the the customers aren't satisfied and things are awful and, and the experience isn't what they would expect their customers to have. And now their business suffers from that. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I like the way the word you put on, on that, you said values and whether you actually write down and crystallize what the values are, or mm-hmm. you don't actually think that deeply about it, but but you just behave in a way that this is how I treat people. It still comes down to values and the things that you value and the way you treat people on your team or in your customers is very important because the way you treat your team is the way they're going to treat your customers. And you don't even realize that people are paying attention, but they are. I don't know that Cliff, for example, ever crystallized. I mean, we, I, I would have a hard time saying what are Cliff's values and having them match exactly how he describes them. But you're right. There is a way that he does things, and you and I noticed, and it made us more more interested in connecting with each other. And so and a referral carries a lot of weight because of those shared values. That's right. That's right. And so that's, I think, the thing that's powerful to realize is that it's not magic, that there is a recipe. But just like baking a cake, you know, when you put the certain ingredients, you know what the ingredients are. Now you got to put them together. And when you do that, you're going to be able to build this huge audience. You're going to be able to go deeper with your relationships, have a more enriching business and be able to identify. So it is something that you can say it's concrete. I can build a business on and build long term stability on and know that, hey, every every week, every month, my business will grow my uh, I'll get more business. I'll get deeper relationships. I'll get more repeat business. And so that's uh, that's the formula there. And that is my secret sauce. What I find, again, with this unique selling proposition is that we all want to be unique. In other words, why do why do people want to buy from us or be our friend or or, you know, be in our community? And so we always need to have like, what is it about us? And what I found and and even though it's so simple, it's so deep and yet it's so rare. And that is unusual generosity and caring. Uh, as simple as that sounds, there are so few businesses, so few people, so few professionals that are unusually generous and unusually caring. And if and if we just serve our clients and we serve our team and we serve our employees and we serve our family, uh, you know, they're going to want to return that favor and service back. And by being, you know, a little bit more generous and a lot more caring, uh, people, I think, respond to that positively and you attract the people that you want in your life and you have a more enriching life and business. Well, that's great advice, not just on relationship marketing and sales, 
but on treating everyone that you have the privilege of leading and serving. This has been a discussion that David J. Soler and I originally had for his podcast, the Relationship Marketing and Sales Podcast. We'll provide a link to his podcast as well as David's website, David J. Soler, and the video of my family that David talked about on our show notes for this episode, which you can find at engagingleader.com forward slash 48, as in episode 48. That page 48 is also a great place for you to leave comments or questions for David or me, or you can interact with us on Twitter, where David is underscore David J. Solar, spelled with an E, S-O-L-E-R. And I am Jesse Leahy. Engaging Leader is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with mid-size and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Tarrant, our announcer, and Christopher Seal, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, whether you realize it or not, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of our opportunities to engage the people we care about.